is a follow-up to episode 33, where we discuss spending, saving, investing, and even cryptocurrency. Let's look at four smart money moves. These smart money moves will help anyone to reduce their potential anxiety or stress around money and ideally support them on a journey to build their own wealth. I'm Jared Carpenter, and this is Wi-Fi and Water. First things first, I'm not a financial planner, so please don't take any of this as gospel, but rather experience-based insight from my own life. I try not to share anything on this podcast or put out to the world that I don't personally believe in or back up with my own action. And today's list of four smart money moves is no different. So let's get going. Number one, you need a written plan. Now, in the personal finance world, this looks like a budget. There are many ways to structure this, but simply knowing how much you spend and make monthly is a start. I personally use a Google Sheet to keep a tally of everything I spend in a month. I categorize all the expenses into different areas like groceries, eating out, gas for car, gas for the house, different types of utility bills, Wi-Fi, student loan, rent, etc. So then I can understand where I'm spending my money. All of the expenses populate into a pie chart, which helps me as a visual learner to quickly glance and see where I'm spending all of my monthly dough. I know what you're probably thinking, but that's just a list of stuff that he spends his money on. And you'd be right. It is that simple. I use this sheet to gauge how much I spend in each area and then have worked down to figure out how much I think I can cut back on in each category, which then forms my budget. So to start, simply track for a month all of your spending. Now for this month, don't change any of your habits. If you go out to Starbucks three or four times a week, continue to do that. It's gonna be important for you to see your habits and then you can start to see the areas where maybe you can change, improve, and ideally find a surplus. Feel free to just write it out on a piece of paper and then you can analyze it. And then you'll realize that you're spending $30 at Chipotle a week and then say, hmm, maybe I should change something about that. Maybe I'll only spend $40 at Chipotle a month this already cuts your Chipotle spending, and yes, I'm speaking 110% from personal experience, from $30 a week or $120 a month to just $40 a month. Automatically, with just this one change in my Chipotle habit, I was able to create $80 of surplus more a month. I find budgeting to be an honest convo about value that we all need to have with ourselves, which sets us up perfectly for number two. Number two, live below your means or spend less than what you make. If you make 2000 a month, your spending needs to be less than that amount. I know that sounds silly, but once you've completed step one, hopefully you're in a surplus and not a deficit. Spending less than what you make monthly is not only a good idea financially, but it will ensure that your stress and anxiety around money isn't always high. If you're spending 1980 a month with an income of 2000, your $20 surplus isn't much wiggle room if say you need new tires for your car or anything else that life could throw at you. As Murphy's Law tells us, anything that can happen will happen. So working backwards to see where you can spend less like the Chipotle example is a simple way to ensure that you're spending far less than what you make. Being in the mindset of spending less than what you make also helps you to re-engage with your lifestyle and ensure that the money you're spending monthly is actually on things that truly bring your life value and happiness. Marie Kondo, one of the most well-known wardrobe consultants and household organizers, always asks a simple question of her clients when they're in that pivotal moment on deciding whether to keep or donate an article of clothing, which is, does this make you happy? 
And well, does the happiness you get from spending $6 a day at Starbucks outweigh the feeling you have when you barely pay the minimum on your student debt? If the answer is no, then cut back on that Starbucks. Make coffee at home and find empowerment and happiness from being in control of your spending and not the other way around. Being in a surplus and not a deficit rolls perfectly into number three. Number three, invest in your future. Now, this can take a lot of forms, stock market, bonds, real estate, and even cryptocurrency. And something that I'm really not gonna touch upon is investing in your future by taking care of your health. This will be for another episode, but I think that that's really important. And that could take the form of getting a gym membership, buying a bike, investing in yoga class, whatever that looks like. But today we're gonna focus more on the financial side. The value one can gain of leaning into compounding interest from the stock market, real estate, or cryptocurrency is massive. However, without both a short and long-term plan, all of this can seem futile or superfluous. Like, come on, why would I save to invest when I can buy something that will make me happy today? And to be honest, this carpe diem or YOLO attitude is hard to argue with. I mean, you do only live once, and if a vacation to the Caribbean or new flat screen on your credit card makes you happy, and you don't have a financial plan with both short and long-term goals, then it won't seem like even a conversation or a decision to be made to simply put that on your credit card and keep it moving. However, in order to really start investing money for the future, I think it's often best to have both a short and long-term financial goal. This could be paying off your student loan debt, saving for a down payment on a home, buying a new car, or even retiring earlier than 65 years old. Whatever your goals, write them down. Then work backwards to understand how much money you'll need to invest and at what rate to be able to achieve that goal. The beauty of having your financial goals is that they're yours. They can ebb and flow, evolve, change, but in order to augment and improve something, you first must have a plan. It's often difficult to ensure that the money that should be set aside for the goal, whether it be short or long-term, doesn't disappear to the YOLO mindset that we're bombarded with in IG. Without a plan, that money's just gonna go. Much of this relates back to step one, where we create a working budget from the understanding of our spending habits. And step two, where we ensure that we're living below our means or simply spending less than what we make to ensure that there's a surplus because it's that surplus that's going to allow us to invest and achieve whatever goals we put before us. So what are your goals? Let's say it's a down payment on a home. This could be a short-term goal. The long-term goal would be to be a homeowner, but the financial short-term goal would be to save up enough money to put down on a house. So let's say that's 80,000 for the size of home that you want and you'd like to buy in the next five years. 80,000 divided by 60 months or five years comes out to $1,333 roughly. So in a two adult household, that would mean each adult would need to put aside a little less than roughly $700 per month for five years to meet this goal. Now, can you get to this goal in less than five years? Absolutely. Maybe you get a bonus. Add that in. Maybe you forego a $3,000 vacation and opt for a staycation. Add it in. Maybe you change your monthly spending and adjust your budget to be able to put in up to a thousand each month. That's going to cut down the time. Maybe the housing market turns into a buyer's market and suddenly the amount of house you wanted for 80K is now down to 60K. No matter how you slice it, start with a goal and then start investing. Now, I know this is the second quick pod where I've discussed money and haven't really given specifics on how to invest, but I think that's where the personal side of personal finance takes hold. 
For some, it will be in buying rental properties and gaining value from someone else paying your mortgage while you take home a little bit of rent every month. For others, it will be putting money into stocks and ETFs. For others, it will be maxing out company matches and contributions to their 401ks. For others, it will be investing in Bitcoin and other digital assets. And for many, it will be a mix of all of the above. And finally, number four, and this may be the most important one, be an eternal student. Money and its management is one of the most misunderstood things in our world. It's one of the biggest aspects of adulthood we're really not taught in school. And this is why I approach it like a student who sees each day in my financial journey as an opportunity for learning. To recap this episode, start with money move number one, figure out your budget. Money move number two, figure out a way to spend less than what you make. And money move number three, start to have conversations with people who are investing their money to figure out where you should invest yours and do some of your own research. And finally, with money move number four, put on your student cap and have some fun with it. So enjoy the journey and the end will be all the sweeter. The end being whatever financial goals, both short and long-term, you decide upon. Taking control of your money ensures your money isn't taking control of you. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I hope it has brought you some value. And please look out for the next episode, which will dive deeper into cryptocurrency. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Wi-Fi and Water Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to the pod. Thanks again, and see you next time.